beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. Hey everybody, welcome to Scrap City Sports, your place for all things Chicago sports and to our fantasy football preview uh, show. Uh, I am Josh along here with Carmen and Christopher and as always with Roy, the chef. Uh, we're here to talk about fantasy football and how we think you should uh, model your board, how we think you should draft what we would do. Uh, we got projected for players and we may talk a little smack about our fantasy draft that just Got done about an hour ago. So what do you guys think is the most important thing as we kick this off and get right into it? What do you think is the most important thing as you look? If you have a first round pick, what do you think is the most important thing that you do or what what should be done? Carmen, you you seem to be the most seasoned um, winner of our... I, I'm usually kind of religious on the running back idea. But I've also instituted the last couple of years, I've instituted the idea of just kind of getting the top player in the position at wherever you draft. So if you're at three and, you know, you can get a top, say you can get a top three running back, you go top three running back. But, like, once you get out of the first, like, say, I don't know, three or four running backs in the first round, I'd rather have a top receiver or a top tight end at that point than the fifth best running back. So, I mean, it just, it just all depends on when you actually draft, what your slot is that, you know, the kind of, you kind of got to play it by ear. That's how, right. I, that's how I roll. Christopher, what's your biggest rule that you have? Um, since I've notoriously had bad luck with first round draft picks, I have recently tried to go with the most consistent player. Okay. Um, and, you know, by that, you're not trying to, you know, go out there and say, Two year, two or three years ago, draft you know a player like uh, Adrian Peterson coming off of ACL because it was unknown what he was going to do, you know. And of course, that year everybody knows he had a ridiculous season, almost broke the single 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 season rushing record uh, a couple of years ago. But like I said, that at, you know at that point it was a little bit unknown of what exactly he was going to do coming back from a torn ACL. So. You know, a little bit of safer pick would have been, uh, at the time, would have been Jamal Charles or uh, even Matt Forte at the time. So, so you've you've gone more on the less risk-reward kind of a scale, more on the kind of safe top choice. Only because, yeah, I've been... Your bur- personal... I've been burned a lot uh, in, in, in first-round draft picks. Um, so, you know, I, the one year I had Jamal Charles, I think it was either a, a one or a two pick, and then the second week of the season... Broke it, or I think he broke his leg or tore his ACL. I think he broke his leg. Something like that, and he was out for the year. So there goes your first round pick. Pretty much kind of dooms your season from there on out. Yeah. So, you know, try to go with a guy not injury prone, you know, not as injury prone as others, you know, and a little bit more consistent. Roy, is your one big rule draft a Dallas Cowboy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what is what is your big rule? Roy? Well, you what know what? You I'm, I'm kind of like Carm said. I've always gone like running back quick first in the first round, and it's actually burned me the last few years. and Last year, for example, I mean, I, I, LeSean McCoy was number one on a lot of people's mm-hmm. draft boards, and I, I got the number one pick last year in my league, and it did me no good. He was he was garbage, uh, to be honest. So yeah. this year, obviously, I went a little bit different, and I went with the I kind of took his method. You could say I kind of went with the player most consistent. It just happened to be someone that plays on the team that I root for. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta say that that my thing is kind of along Carmen's. It's it's best player available. Um, I, I even say that for the first two rounds um, because. You're going to be able to get uh, your 
you're going to be able to get your players at value later on if you need. Um, so best player available is where I, I always look at that. And even if it ends up being somebody like a quarterback where, you know, a lot of people wait till the lower rounds to get a quarterback because um, if it's, you're a, not getting, it's a deep position. It's a deep position. And if you're not getting one or two, it's really not worth wasting a fourth, fifth, sixth, even seventh round pick on a quarterback when you're going to be able to get them later. But if you are able to get best player available, it's really going to make that impact. I think that's where you end up going. So, um, so this year we, uh, we, we hope that you guys are, are having happy draft days. We're hoping that you guys are, uh, drafting here while you're drafting. If you want to, uh, listen to us, you can find us, uh, on Facebook and on Twitter at Scrap City Sports. And along with that, you can check us out and find all the podcasts we have online at scrapcitysports.com. Uh, we got done with our draft. Our draft went pretty well. Uh, we got our big board up here behind us at, uh, took a long time. Kenilworth Studios did take a while. Um, but I think everybody's pretty happy with their teams. Um, I was happy with my team um, up until I would say the sixth or seventh round. I felt like I slid a little bit and I had a, a couple bad picks. But it's because I, you took an hour per pick. But yeah, that's hey, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to be like Roy and uh, and uh, Fish Daddy over there. Stick un, un, unpeeling stickers and sticking them back onto the board. Yeah, that's I wanted a big to make no no. Wanted to make sure my picks were were the right right ones when I when I took them off the the draft board. So that was my approach to it. Look, looking at those big those big lists though, what do you guys think as far as who's a guy that's a can't miss first rounder and who's a guy that's been a can't miss first rounder or a possible first round guy that you just wouldn't wouldn't touch. Uh, so, so are you saying a, a a can't miss first rounder or are you saying a bust? Uh, I, I mean, yeah. If, if you're saying if you're saying a can't, oh sorry, but if no, you're right, saying right. A, a can't miss first rounder, in all honesty, I know that he went in the second round in ours, but somebody like a Rob Gronkowski is a can't miss for the simple fact that you have somebody like Tom Brady throwing him the ball, who's never, who, who's always there, always on point. Uh, he throws Tom Brady throws at least twenty five touchdowns a year. Yes. So and on, and on top of that. Um, you have, I mean, Gronkowski's big enough, strong enough, fast enough to be able to do what he needs to do and get his touches. So somebody like that, again, I know he went in the second round in a lot of, a lot of, uh, places. Sometimes might have gone first round, but late first. But I think Rob Gronkowski is the epitome of what, like, consistency is. He is consistently just great. And yeah, he gets, he's, I think his durability was just bad luck. I don't think he's not a durable player. Um, I just think that if, if you ask me, he is the, he's never had a down season other than a, a little bit of injury here and there. And yeah. Was, I mean, that, that's the thing though. It's like with, with Rob, Rob Gronkowski, I mean, it's, you know, he, he, he is probably the only elite tight end in the cat. I mean, Jimmy Graham used to be in that same conversation, but yeah, now he's after, in after last season, Jimmy Graham, you can't, I mean, I, I had him last year. I know the woes that went, went on with him, but, uh, I, I agree with you. Kind of, fault, though, Jim, but yeah. What's that? Jimmy Graham, I don't I don't I don't I don't blame him for that. I he played he I mean he screwed fantasy owners big time last year cuz let's face it. Uh he was a he was a number he was a number 1 a first, a round, first round first pick. round draft pick last year and for him to go out there and play essentially what Sean Payton was calling him as a decoy, you know, when guys were spending first round picks on him and you know he's going out there and and not even getting targets because He's hurt and he's just out there to draw coverage. You know, it's a it's a bad recipe for fantasy football owners. And and and, and speak, speaking, 
you know, uh, you know, on hand because I had him last year. I knew the woes that, you know, I, I had this great hope for Jimmy Graham last year. And I think he kind of took a step back and especially with the move to Seattle. Uh, Seattle's not known for being a pass, uh, happy offense, which, <laughs> you know, obviously lost in the Super Bowl, um, to begin with, but, um, you know, a, a guy, definitely not going to be a pass happy offense now. No more passing for them. Well, no, I, I, it's just, you know, they're more of a, it's more of a scheme offense, whereas he came from New Orleans, which you knew they were going to throw the ball, was going to throw the ball at least 30 times a game. And, and you don't know that in Seattle because, you know, they're very, they're more conservative type offense, pound the ball with Marshawn Lynch and then let Russell Wilson break down the defense and make plays. Um, that's what's got them to two straight Super Bowls. So, um, you know, do you I think that changes this year being with it? They got Jimmy Graham and they think they'll throw the ball. No, a more? I think just the targets allotted from, you know, let's say, uh, who was Doug Baldwin and in, in, in previous years, Golden Tate, right. um, are going to now just shift towards Jimmy Graham. I mean, I don't see them wavering much because I mean, what else has changed in their offense besides that? They have, they, 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 I believe they still have the same offensive coordinator. Uh, they lost their defensive coordinator to, um, Atlanta, but was it Atlanta? Dan Quinn? Yeah, he right. went to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't see their I don't see their offense changing very much as far as um, you know being more pass orientated as versus uh, versus a run run uh, running team. Yeah. So okay, so I got you off track. But if you had to pick a, a person of consistency that's just consistently up there, who who would you say that is? I mean, not just up on the board, but just in general, and. Uh, uh, as a fir- as a first rounder, first, like as as a safe like yeah, safe first round pick, safe first round pick. I would have to go personally. I would have to go with a guy like Eddie Lacy. Um, he's just he he's he's a he's a you know durable. He, he's he's durable. Um, he's got a lot of upside, uh, and especially since we don't know the uh, the the injury extent to Jordy Nelson. Um, apparently that he had a I don't for, for listeners who haven't heard yet. Uh, he possibly has a torn ACL suffered in the preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so we don't know how that's going to affect Green Bay's offense, uh, if they're going to rely more on Eddie Lacy to move the chains and, uh, and you know, put points on the board. Um, but, you know, he has been a model of consistency for the Green Bay Packers, and he has a huge upside, um, especially in PPR leagues as well. Yeah, I mean, my the two guys that stick out in my mind, uh, it's first round. Talent would be would be Antonio Brown, receiver. I mean, I just think he's, I mean, he's lightning when he's out there. I, I really like him as a safe. I mean, I think he's a consensus number one receiver, and, and could be. I mean, he definitely has a lot of targets. And I also I also like uh, I also think Jamal Charles just because you know he runs the ball, he pass, he, he catches the ball. I mean, he just you know whether he's running whether he's got a good running day or he's got a good catching day. Either way, you're going to get points fantasy wise from him. So I like both those two guys as a as a safe first round pick uh, in, in a lot of drafts. I, I, I'd go along with the running back. I'd go with Jamal Charles as well. I think he's a very, very safe, actually, first round pick. And I mean, one th- I mean, I'd draft him if I had a chance to. And of course, I'm going to say Des Bryant because I mean, I, I truly believe, I mean, you throw the ball up to him, he's going to come down with it, you know, whether for me for a score, for yards, whatever, the man can catch the ball. My, my, my thing with, my only thing with Antonio Brown is that he's only been in the league for two years. And so... When you say consistency, I I struggle with that being consistent because you only have two years of that. So I look at somebody like Adrian Peterson, where 
even though he was out of the league because of the child abuse scandal and all that stuff going on, um, we still, he's still, I mean, you know, I don't think, Adrian Peterson never had a bust season. You know what I'm saying? There's never a season where you had Adrian Peterson and you went, oh man, like, I took him in the first round and I really regret that. Other than obviously having some off the field issues. I really don't think that that was something. So somebody like that, to me, that's what I was looking for. Um, and, and you know, and LeSean McCoy does, or Jamal Charles does fit that bill. So does Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn fit, Lynch yeah. fits that bill. I mean, Marshawn Lynch gets his points, gets his carries, gets his yards, you know, gets a catch on a screen here, there, you know, game or two, and and really, you know, doesn't disappoint. I would have kept him. Hey, Josh, <laughs> Josh, just so you know, Antonio Brown's been in the league for more than two years. Five. Five. Sorry. That's, that's consistent. What did I say? <laughs> I said two. I'm sorry. He led the league in receptions last year, and I think he was second the year before. It's pretty consistent, just so you know. Well, if you're if you're speaking about uh, consistent and inconsistent players to look out for in the first round, a uh, player that I know uh, is is taking a been taken a lot in the first round of uh, of fantasy football drafts this year is a guy like Lashawn McCoy, uh, coming off of a terrible year last year, uh, moving to an offense in Buffalo. Um, who has inconsistent play at quarterback or unknown play at quarterback, I guess you would say. And he does have a guy behind him uh, who anybody who's ever owned C.J. Spiller knows that Fred Jackson's waiting in the wings to, you know, to, to vulture those carries from him and, and steal those uh, fantasy points away. So uh, any little hiccup in LaShawn Le- Le- McCoy's game, which, you know, uh, over the course of the years he has had some injury bugs you know, to keep him limited in uh, in in football, uh, in, you know, football duties every week. But uh, a guy like him, I'd be very wary of. Uh, he was just playing terrible last and year. And for the yeah, for the simple fact that you know, moving to Buffalo, which was probably one of the worst offenses in the league last year, um, and you know, now getting a defensive-minded coach in Rex Ryan, you know, he's Rex Ryan's never really had that uh, stud, you know, running back like a Lashawn McCoy. You know, so it's 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 kind of hard to imagine how he's going to be able to use him um, in 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 an offense that he, that he's uh, that he's uh, putting out there. So, you know, I, I would be wary of a guy like that, Josh. What's what's a guy to avoid though in the first round? In your guys' opinion, that that you know has kind of been there and you know been highly drafted and drafted high. I mean, which, what's a, what's a guy you would probably avoid in the first round? I mean, in, in, in most people's first rounds, I mean, I'm looking at our board right now, so I'm going with our first round. If the one person up there that I would say I would be scared of, it, there's probably two. And one's LaShawn McCoy for the simple fact of what, what you just said, Chris, for the offense that's, that's surrounding him. The other person in this is just, uh, I thought, is, is CJ Anderson now, Chris, for you drafted him? But the, the problem with that is that you have this carousel of running backs that have been there, uh, just kind of going around and it just seems that surrounding around that, that, Somebody goes down, somebody else comes in, and just, um, you know, last year, John Fox is just super on that person, and they stay in, and the other person takes a back seat. You know, you just had that carousel. I think it was all four last year. No, Sean Moreno, Monte Ball, C.J. Anderson, and... Um, and uh, who was no, no, Sean Moreno was in Miami yeah, last year. No, no, sorry, not, not Sean Moreno. Who was the other one? Who was the third one? Uh, shoot. Monte Ball. Mike Anderson? No, C.J. Anderson, Monte Ball. I'll think of it. And get it, but that would be the reason that I would look to avoid C.J. Anderson, just for the fact that 
you do have two other running backs there that are very capable of being able to be starting NFL running backs. I would think DeMarco Murray probably falls in that same category. I mean, a lot of people are probably going to try to draft him high because of based on what he did last year. And now going to Philadelphia, he's in, I mean, there's three running backs out there too. Yeah, I mean, that's scary with Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles there. Right. You know, I mean, they're going to be... Wait, not wasting, but, you know, <clears throat> using your number one draft pick on a guy who's got somebody, two guys behind him who are fully capable of, of, of taking those carries away and touches away from him. Very so. easily. A guy, a guy that sticks out in my mind, which I've milked over the last couple of years to, to do really, really well in is, is Matt Forte. I just think with, with his, uh, with his, you know, with his catching, with his catching ability, he's always a really a, a valuable guy to take and he's a really safe, like he's normally one of those safe guys. But this year with no, with, with new coaching, new offense, you know, all, all that, that good stuff, all that jazz and all, how much, how much of the workload he's had over the last couple of years. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm very weary of, Matt Forte. I mean, I, I think he's gonna be. A, I think he's a solid pick, but he's a. In my eyes, at this point, he's probably a, at best a second round, maybe even third round back. Well, I mean, you, I, you, you gotta think uh, Matt Forte. You know, being 29 years of age, not getting that contract extension that he wanted to get from the Bears, um, and he might just go all out this year. Well, and, and you know, you know, being being that player who's gotten that much use uh, recently, you know, he, he he's he. I mean, he had a hundred over a hundred receptions last year. Uh, so Let all running backs. Yeah, I mean, I think he was maybe third or fourth in the whole NFL, you know, among all yeah, receivers, receivers um, in reception. So a guy like that's definitely going to take a step back. Uh, I believe he's not going to be able to replicate that. Uh, if the one thing he might be able to replicate, uh, you know, improve on is receiving yards, because even though he did have over a hundred receptions, he didn't have over a thousand uh, receiving yards. So. That's something he can improve on, I believe. Uh, but you know, it's 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 unlikely, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it, like like I said. I mean, I, I've I've rode Matt Forte to a lot of victories. And I just I don't know. I just don't like him this year, for whatever reason. I just you know he he just he just scares me. He really does. One, he's he's getting up there in age at this point where and he hasn't had a major in, injury going so far. So it's like I don't know. I just is this is here. I mean, I could be totally overreacting to it. It's just it, you know you, you're you're mortgaging a lot on a very high high pick. So you want someone who's going to be pretty consistent. I, I just don't see the value in Matt Forte of where he's going if he's going in the first round or early second round. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't pick him first round either. The only thing you could probably hang your head on him. I mean, I agree with you're saying as far as hey, he hasn't had an injury yet, so he may be due for one. But you can also say well, he's a very durable running back also, and you can make. Maybe hope the fact that he's trying to play for one last contract, so he might just go all out and just you know, hey, be crazy this season. You know, maybe really good. Just to touch on on what Josh was trying to uh, convey about the Denver running backs, it was Ronnie Hillman. Ronnie Hillman. <laughs> Sorry, the third running back. Ronnie yeah. Hillman. Yeah, but they all they all got hurt last year at some point, and then C.J. Anderson, you know, I'm won, not won that job out. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and it was just <laughs> we are having major difficulties here with our uh, with our audio equipment. We uh, are setup. idiots. If you if you like if you're out there listening to us, we're very sorry that we're idiots, but we also hope you enjoy the fact that we're just normal guys that like to talk mess about up a lot. yeah mess up a lot, <laughs> like talk about stuff. I you know I I hope everybody if you want to on on Facebook and on Twitter, I'm just throwing this out there. So while you fix your mic on Facebook and on Twitter, if you want to uh, rep the Wad Squad for our fantasy duds uh, whole entire special where we have everybody here, you can rep Wad Squad hashtag Wad Squad. Go for it. And Adrian Peterson, Aaron Rodgers are going to dominate this league and will win a second consecutive championship, which hasn't been done in like five or six years in this league. 
So let me let me. So are, we, we I a bad, are we are we making a show better or what's going on here? Because there's all the smack. What is talk this show? Here. What is this show better? I'm holding the trophy right well, now. Well, we're just gonna precursor this that Josh, you know, won last year, won our fantasy football league uh, championship last year, and uh, now he thinks that he's got some powerhouse team <laughs> that everybody else in the league believes that he is not even gonna win five games. So <laughs> I think Roy was the only one that said that everybody else just kind of. We all s- we all secretly want you to win like two games, <laughs> only because every, there's no secret. Every chance, every every like dig that somebody has on you, the only thing you say back is championship. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's but really yeah. not much to say to that, though. I mean, let's. Yeah, I know. Hey, he's got to be. You can't argue with him. Yeah, I mean, you can't. <laughs> no matter what you say, how how he did it, whatever, you can't argue the fact he he is a champion. Yeah. But that's so. but but we really hope that you guys enjoy the fact that we're just a bunch of. Idiots the only thing like I can argue this, about so. that is I wasn't in the league last year, uh, so if I was there, you wouldn't have made. It. Do. I did have Des Bryant last year, and so hey, you well, have Des. rode him to a championship. May, may, may bode very well for you. Um, so w- let's talk real quick. I mean, we obviously we went with uh, our picks for for what we did. If you had a, the number one pick, if you had the opportunity to have the number one pick, Roy, I know you did. Who would you go with, and why? Why would you and, go and, with it? And you're you're stating this as if all players are available, correct? Not yeah, any all, kind yeah. of keeper league. We, or, we we played keeper league, and so some for instance, somebody like Le'Veon Bell and Eddie Lacy in our league were already off the board, um, so we couldn't you couldn't go Le'Veon Bell number one. Us if if everything was available, if you were in just a normal draft, if you are talking to everybody that's listening and saying in your draft, who would you go number one overall? Why? What would your what would your advice be for that? Are you asking me? That's everybody. Jump in uh, wherever you I, want. If I have number one pick, taking everything into account, I'm taking Le'Veon Bell number one. I just think even minus that's taking into account, he's going to miss two games. I just think he's he is an absolute monster out of the backfield. He catches the ball. He runs the ball. I mean, he is a dual threat. I mean, he's a he's basically a better version of, in my opinion, a better version of Matt Forte because he's mm-hmm. he's a lot stronger and a lot bigger than Matt Forte. That I think he's just a can't miss. I mean, the only gamble in Le'Veon Bell is the fact that he's missing two games, but otherwise, I think he's a can't miss number one overall draft pick. Yeah, I, th- I think personally for me, um, even if he wasn't my keeper, a consensus pick number one would be Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, just just knowing what he's capable of and how many last season for me, uh, how many uh, forty point straight weeks he had is you can't replace that in a lineup. I mean. It single-handedly got me to a point of almost winning the championship, uh, coming up just a few points shy of uh, my counterpart here, Josh. But uh, all things considered, I would still take, even like Carmen said, even with the suspension, you know, he is such a dual threat. Uh, he gets a lot of touches. Um, he is such a focal point of that offense as well. So uh, Le'Veon Bell is my consensus number one overall pick. I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I'm going to go a different direction, but I don't disagree. And I would say the reason I don't disagree is because he's that good. But he also has somebody like Antonio Brown on the outside to where the focus doesn't have to be solely on him. Because my, my thought immediately goes to, and I know that I went with him and I could not believe in, in our, our league that he fell the four. I had the fourth pick, but Adrian Peterson. And I say that because, Carmen, like you had said, when you got him off his ACL surgery, you got him in a super late round, a third round, and he almost broke a single-season rushing record. Well, last year he, he missed out. He got a new contract, and so... I knowing knowing not knowing Adrian Peterson, but knowing of Adrian Peterson and how he does not like to disappoint, how he likes to rise to the occasion and be that that person that carries teams on his back, along with having Teddy Bridgewater, who is kind of merging into his own, um, and being able to create a little bit more and not having Adrian Peterson have to be you know 
eight in the box all the time. I would say Adrian Peterson, um, and I know that that's a really big stretch for some people. Um, but I would say Adrian Peterson because well, Adrian he's proved Peter- it before. Adrian Peterson is 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 a very solid number one pick in standard leagues. Um, if which, you're talk- yes, if you're talking, PPR, I mean, yeah, he, even yeah, PPR and standard leagues are different. But I, I do agree with you, Josh. In standard uh, standard scoring league fantasy football leagues, Adrian Peterson is also a very good number one overall pick. I'm going with. I mean, Le'Veon Bell probably was is probably the Steve safest pick, but honestly. I might have gone DeMarco Murray if he was still running behind the Dallas line. That's probably the only reason I didn't pick him this year was because he's not in Dallas. And he's not. I think obviously, and you said it before, Carm, that a lot of reasons to his success was because he's running behind the best line in football. And I mean, we're going to see that this year. How I mean, he's good, but he's not as not going to be as great as he was last year. And I, I probably would have picked him honestly, because I think if he would have been there again this year, he might have had just another great year. As good as he is, that line just makes him that much better. So if you had to pick somebody now, actually, in real life, if he wasn't traded away, who would you pick? Le'Veon Bell. No doubt Le'Veon Bell, okay. Yeah. I, I, you said that at the beginning, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Josh, I mean, you, you mentioned Adrian Peterson. I don't disagree with you because, I mean, if, it, if it, you're talking just a flat-out runner, he is by far the, the best, best yeah, runner the in best. the league. But yeah, I think a lot of, you know, most, most people at this point are playing in a PPR league. You know, and, and where his value dips a little bit just because you lose all those points in, in, in catching. I mean, what is yeah. he average like fifteen or twenty catches a year? Amazing. I mean, when you when you take it, Matt Forte who had what, last year one hundred and ten, one hundred and eight, something like that. I mean, that's a lot of points just missed just because he doesn't catch the ball. Which, you know, to me, I don't value like I, to me personally, I don't value guys. I'm not comparing the two of them because they're completely different. But I don't value as high like a Marshawn Lynch or an Adrian Peterson just because you're losing that that production in the in, in catching the ball in those points because of you know point per reception. You know, yardage. going back real quick, we talked about like a model of consistency. Matt Forte kind of is a model of consistency if you think about it. I mean, he consistently. I mean, he plays consistently on a subpar Bears offense, and he consistently still gets his catches, still gets his yards, still gets his touchdowns, still gets his touches. And like we said, I mean, he's maybe worried about him having a big injury coming up because he's never had one, but he's pretty darn durable. I mean, he doesn't miss a whole ton of games. And so, you know, it, it can't go wrong like we had, like I had said before, but you really can't go wrong if you're looking at a number one pick. I really think, even in a PPR league, Antonio Brown may be the only wide receiver where I would say in a PPR league that you would take him over a running back. Um, but I think that's even a stretch. I think you have to go running back first because of the lack of depth of Really good quality number one, top four, top three running back. Well, I, I mean, I mean, the, the major advantage to taking a running back in the first round and, and getting a good running back is because there's only so many of them. I mean, you figure there's what thirty two teams, so there's only thirty two starting running backs, and you know, and, where, and, and not in less than that even because a lot of teams are now going running back by committee. So, um, it's uh, you know, it's 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 a number far less than that actually. There's probably you know, more than a handful of teams that, that run uh, running back by committee. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's what I'm saying, though. You take that into account, so that shrinks the that shrinks the, shrinks the it down even farther. And, like, you know, if you're looking at a, a top-flight receiver, well, there's, you know, there's two to three receivers on a team, so there's a lot more to choose from from starters because there's only so many starting running backs, yeah. and there's very few, you know, only, the only guy in the backfield running back. So, I mean, if you get a chance at one of those guys, you kind of got to scoop them up regardless. So, I mean, even if you don't like a Marshawn Lynch or an Adrian Peterson, he's a smart pick because – you know they are going to get the, the the men's share of you know the football when it comes to the back. Yeah, and actually, it, now that you speak of it, Carm, uh, single team rushers are kind of getting 
far and few between. You know, it's it, it, a lot of it is a lot of it is running back by committee. I mean, I don't know if it was started in Philadelphia, but when you had Shady McCoy and Darren Sproles. Um, with the, with that, I mean that was that was kind of well. You know, you know, like in Buffalo, you have Fred Jackson, CJ C. Spiller. Spiller. I mean, even the years in the Giants when you had like a Mod Bradshaw and right, and yeah, Brandon Th- Jacobs, uh, Brandon Thunder Jacobs. and Lightning, yep. yeah. yeah, Thunder and Lightning. Oh, that goes uh, Ron Dane and Tiki Barber, right. Chris, Chris Johnson, and uh, that was that was Thunder Lightning in Tennessee. Who was that? Lendell White. Lendell White. And just to touch on it, Karma, Matt Forte finished the season last year with 102 receptions. Yeah, I mean that's so. that's that's 102 points right off the bat just for catching the ball, not including yardage. So I mean, you got to take that into account when you are in a PPR league draft. I mean, you got to take that into account whether you want to draft him or not. Okay, so let's 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 move on. We talked a lot about running backs. Um, let's go on to quarterbacks because I like I said I I know quarterback is an important part. I mean, if you play in most standard leagues, you have one quarterback. Um, some people allow that in their flex, so they play two quarterbacks. I think you're crazy for doing that because your points are through the roof. Um, but most places you have, most teams, most uh, leagues, you have one quarterback. Where do you see the value in quarterbacks as far as who has the most upside? Who's, like we said before, who's the safest? Who's the more riskier pick, but the kind of risk-reward risk, risk reward, um, quarterback? I mean, where do you see that? Who's your number one, two, three, four, five well, let me preface it by the fact that I do not think a quarterback should be taken in the first seven rounds. That that's my own personal opinion, and I, you know, I mean, I don't do I do I think Aaron Rodgers should be you know the, the first one? Yes, of course he should. It's just it's not for me to draft a quarterback just because the production in a quarterback when you're taking a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, fantasy wise, not not real life wise, fantasy wise, you take a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's drafted in the say average first round, then you take a guy like Jay Cutler who averages maybe not even being drafted or tenth or later. The production of total fantasy value isn't that drastic to, to you know to make up the difference in where you draft Aaron Rodgers versus Jay Cutler. So I, I devalue the quarterback tremendously in fantasy football, knowing that. I mean, I mean, I'm the guy who won championships with you know uh, Alex Smith at quarterback, and last year Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that it just if if you have if you have all of your other components in place, whether you have a good tight end, you have good receivers, good running backs, quarterback is if he gets you 10 to 15 points, you're going to win. I mean, that's just how it is. That's that's worked for me. But uh, I mean, I, I, I like I like if, if you're going if you're going to draft a quarterback high, the only in my mind there's only two guys that are of value to take in the first three rounds of a draft, and that's Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck. Those two guys, and then everyone else, you can wait till five, six, seven, eight rounds, you yeah, know, before I, you start taking I, another quarterback. I, de- I definitely two. agree with you on that front, Carm. Um, if 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 you aren't within arm's reach of either Andrew Luck or uh, Aaron Rodgers. You could definitely wait until at least the seventh or eighth round to get a decent running back, and even a guy like uh, Ben Roethlisberger um, or even Tom Brady, for that matter, is dropping in a lot of leagues um, to you know those late rounds because you know it's a, it's it's unknown as far as if he's going to be on or off the field uh, to start the season. So, and especially a guy like Ben Roethlisberger in such a high potent, uh, high octane offense. You know who is going in the mid rounds of a lot of fantasy football drafts, who are going to yield you probably close to the same amount of points as as, uh, as Aaron Rodgers or um, Andrew Luck on any given week. So you know it's it, there, there's a plethora of good quarterbacks out there that are going to get you that you know that 15 to 25 point range, and you know maybe maybe every now and then you know 
uh, into the forty point range too. You know, along with the two elite quarterbacks in Andrew Luck and, and Aaron Rodgers. So if you look at so if you but real quick if you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jay Cutler. Aaron Rodgers last year had three hundred and forty four points versus Jay Cutler's two hundred and forty three. Now I know that Jay Cutler was on a, a a subpar offense, but do you think that those hundred points makes up that difference in taking them? I mean, throughout the year and taking them that high. I mean, that's like taking a Matt Forte, like we said before, just his catches alone get him 100, which moves him up into, you know, whatever, if you want to talk second round or you want to talk really early third round. Well, I mean, look, looking at looking at stats and looking at our, our draft that we just had, if you're going to compare to, to, to case in point for, for me is if you're going to take Aaron Rodgers, say Aaron Rodgers goes in the first round. Okay, and Aaron Rodgers last year, yes, he had, he had uh, 344 points. 344 points. You take like you take a guy like Peyton Manning who went in our league eighth round. He scored last year. He scored three hundred three hundred nine. So I mean the the difference the difference is what 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 does that make forty points? That's forty point difference, but it's a it's a seven round difference. So I mean there you know there there the risk and reward is it's not that big of a drop off to forty points. I mean you're taking you're taking forty points, but you're spreading that over you're spreading that over what sixteen games. So I mean well, how many how many what's the average point difference? It's like six points. Right. So I mean, is it is it worth it to, to take a quarterback that high? I just, to, to my opinion, it's not. That's all. Yeah, and I, I think like like uh, like we've mentioned, um, outside of the top two, it's not worth it's not worth you know jumping you know even in even past the second round if you're not going to get one of the one of the top two uh, quarterbacks, you could definitely sit back and wait and uh, and let the other quality picks and especially in a PPR league, receivers, running backs. Uh, especially running backs, since like we had mentioned, there are f- uh, so many good. W- there o- are only so many good ones uh, in the league. So receivers, there are a little bit more. It's a deeper position. So, so who is your who is your biggest upside? So if you're talking about, I can get in the you know twelfth, thirteenth round. Who is your biggest upside if you're talking quarterback wise? A uh, guy like I, I like that, yeah, is, is in the ten to twelve, twelve uh, round area is like a Ryan Tannehill. They that offense that they run is a really is a, they pass a lot and they've got a lot of creative routes and stuff. So he he passes a ton short quick routes. Where his receivers are really active in that, and I like I like Ryan, Ryan Tannehill because he had a pretty solid season last year. So I expect that I expect the Dolphins to be better, and as a, as a result of the Dolphins being better, I think the quarterback position in in Miami will be better. And I think Ryan Tannehill is a really is a really solid pick if you're looking for a starter where you don't want to you don't want to mortgage the future on drafting a high quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is a really good guy you should look at. And uh, definitely a guy that's dropping on a lot of draft boards uh, is a guy like Drew Brees, you know, who a lot of people uh, kind of look past since he's not in that Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck category. Um, he's definitely dropping into mid rounds, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, even. Um, and you know, you got to imagine a, a guy like Drew Brees and a guy like Sean Payton aren't going to have two bad seasons in a row. And um, you know, I was reading a couple articles on Drew Brees, and you know, a reason for you know his woes last year because I think he had a career high in interceptions uh, last year was I can't give you the exact stat, but I want to say it's somewhere it was somewhere in the twenties, which he's never ever done. He's always been a really, um, really he had seventeen interceptions. Seventeen, sure. seventeen interceptions. He's had always had a really low number of interceptions because he's always touted as one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL. But um, uh, an injury to his oblique last year um, set him back, and and what it did was it made him alter his mechanics and what he was so good at. 
uh, and throwing his precise routes and his precise passes where only his receivers could catch the ball. So, you know, he's worked on his conditioning and his health for this upcoming season and definitely, you know, dropping on fantasy football boards, you know, across uh, across the nation, really, um, that you could pay, definitely pick up late. And like Carmen said, risk-reward, you know, he's not going to be that big of a drop-off from, say, Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck or, you know, even, uh, even you know, a, a guy going high as well, you know, like uh, uh, Cam Newton, for instance. Um, you know, just the risk-reward factor is... Uh, is a lot greater uh, in his favor for reward uh, for Drew Brees. If if I were to look at somebody, I would say Andy Dalton for me. Andy Dalton, I know a lot of people have had him, and and he's kind of really fallen. Uh, but you still look at what he has. He has AJ Green. Um, he has a offense that uh, they're able to run the ball with the two running backs that they have, uh, Jeremy Hill coming up and um, Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard. But uh, along with that, you have somebody like Tyler Eifert who is coming up, who um, is in, I believe, his second year. I'm not wrong on that one, right? I think this is, this is Tyler Eifert's second year. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a young player, second, yeah. second or maybe third at max, um, but yeah, young. But you have you have you have that kind of a, a core there, where I think Andy Dalton is is posed to have a, a good year uh, versus what he has had in the past, um, because he's kind of let some people down in the past. Um, the Red Rockets really messed up as far as, you know, one and dones in the playoffs. Um, I, they've never won a playoff game, right? Andy Dalton's never no, won a playoff no, game. No, never. never. And so, uh, but they're consistently in the race for being in the playoffs and, and or making it in the playoffs. But that, Eifert's going into his third season. Third but, season but that so, being yeah. said, though, I mean, this is fantasy football is all during the regular season, and Cincinnati has had in the past good regular seasons. I mean, they, yeah. they don't pan out in the playoffs, which doesn't mean anything to, oh, no. to the Red right. Rockets value if he loses in the first round. It, it, he's done it in, our, in most leagues. He's done already, so it's not a big deal. But like building back upon what Christopher said about Drew Brees and being a solid pick, I mean, Drew Brees, even though he was dealing with some injuries last year with those, you said, his oblique muscle, yeah. I mean, he still led the league in attempts. He led the league in yards. He was like fifth in touchdowns. I mean, the guy with a bad year still was a top five quarterback, and I mean, on average, I think is what's his. Does anybody know offhand what Drew Brees' ADP is currently? What his average draft position is? I mean, it's 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 pretty. I mean, it's pretty, it's it's pretty low. So I mean, you, you can you can get serious value in in Drew Brees based on uh, where he's been versus what he usually produces in his first career. So I mean, all these things that we're we're talking about are you're banking on if he returns to form from his career numbers. And I mean, I, I can't imagine New Orleans would have two bad seasons in a row. So yeah, I, I think that I think that uh, his, aver- is a, his average draft position is forty seven. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. You're you're going from what's yeah. what's if you're talking in a ten person league, you're talking you know mid mid fifth round, late late, late fifth late, round, yeah, yeah, late fourth, fourth round, round, early fifth round. Yeah, so. fifth round definitely. <clears throat> So to be able to snag him up, uh, that'd be that'd be great. What about somebody like, um, and I say that just because I'm looking at Roy. What about somebody like Tony Romo? I mean, where do you see Tony Romo fitting into? Is he in that Drew Brees category? Um, you know, a couple of years ago, you're talking about him being one of the top fantasy quarterbacks in the league, and he's kind of dropped off because of, I think the I think Tony Romo has he had a really good year last year, so he's due for. Not, I wouldn't say a bad year, but he, he's, he, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to live up to what he did last year uh, is more like what I want to say. Um, you know, he had, he had a really, uh, a, a really, um, I wouldn't say conservative, but he wasn't, he wasn't the normal Tony, it wasn't the normal Tony Romo season where Leighton with, 
you know, with turnovers and bad plays and stuff like that. You know, everybody was saying all year, and it, that went for the whole Dallas Cowboys team, was, you know, when are they going to break down? And, you know, and it, 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 the, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, didn't make it to the Super Bowl, f- not for the fact of Tony Romo, because they would have never been in a position that they were in without him. So, you know, and, and even in saying that, you know, I think he's going to have a little dip in production uh, as opposed to, you know, having a higher ceiling as like a Drew Brees, only for the fact that, you know, he lost one of his most potent offensive weapons in DeMarco Murray. And, you know, we have yet to see what uh, Joseph Randall with, you know, with the number one duty, you know, what he can do in, in, in offense. And, yeah, like Roy has mentioned, Dallas has the best offensive line in the league. But, you know, it, the offensive line isn't running the ball. The running back has to do that. So we, we, you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how Joseph Randall can handle the spotlight uh, and see how he takes it from uh, from a fantasy football production, and how that could help Tony Romo in uh, in fantasy football. Yeah, as well. one thing one thing Romo did do is he did go away from that Brett Favre gunslinger uh, approach. You know what I mean? He wasn't like you said he was a little more conservative, but I, I, I disagree in the fact that not only because I, I mean I love Tony Romo, there's no. Uh, <laughs> No doubt about that, but I do think he'll still he'll still have a really good season based on that. He's going to have that time in the pocket to throw the football. If, if we're talking, if we I was talking fantasy, Tony Romo last year was 13th with 327 points. He's behind Jay Cutler for fantasy points as far as that. So there's Jay Cutler again. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of upside to Tony Romo, but I do think that you need to get him. Um, you need to get him really, really late to have it be the actual value for where right. uh, you're going to be getting him. I mean, you're talking getting him in the you know ninth, tenth, even later rounds uh, to be able to have that happen. Because um, again, if you're in a, a you know ten person league, there are as far as last year ten other players ahead of him that scored more points. Um, Would you say though that thirteenth overall ranking in fantasy also came from the fact that Demarco Murray had a crazy year? Oh they yeah, were running the football a lot more. Yeah, but uh, I mean that, that I mean, being said, re- that regardless, he's there. They, you, you said the offensive line. If their offensive line is going to stay healthy, and they, you know, uh, Randall has a good year, whatever it is, yeah, it's going to be the I'm, same. I'm, oh, I'm not saying he's like a number one draft quarterback. I'm just saying, like as far as production goes, like I mean, the guy is a good quarterback. Yeah, but the thing you got to worry about with Tony Romo is his injuries. I mean, he plays, but I mean, he is. I mean, he's like the Ben Roethlisberger, but without championships. As far as injuries is concerned, like he's getting carried down the field he's, constantly. He's like, he's like right Ben Roethlisberger, but take a hundred pounds off. Yeah, yeah and, and minus two Super Bowls. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, something else you guys got to look at when you when you're going through your draft is the fact that when you're talking about a quarterback and you're talking about a quarterback late, you're, you're deciding to hold off on a quarterback. Is which teams are not going to be so good are going to have to rely heavily on the pass. I mean, that's that's where Jay Cutler comes into play. Where as far as like like last year, where I, he did so well is because they were down a lot and they have to when you when you're down, you know, two plus touchdowns, you got to throw the ball. So I mean, you you know, he gets a lot of garbage touchdowns, a lot of yardage, a lot of you know completions and stuff like that because he's down. They're down constantly. So so T, Eli you know, Manning. Was that's that? the, yeah, so Eli, yeah, Eli Manning. Eli. I mean, just just like and guys like that. Those are, those guys are valuable, you know, because of the fact that you know teams are going to be down, so they're going to have to throw the ball to catch, try and catch up. And you know, a lot, you know, it's just, if you just look at history, I mean, just just look at teams that are just traditionally kind of bad. And you know, there you go. That's especially if you're looking at late round, late round quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Ryan too. Same thing. I mean, he yep. he was solid last year because they were trailing a lot. They were bad last year, and you know, he he was able to wing the ball over the yard and get some get some yardage and get some. Fantasy points, you know, garbage, garbage time points. So, so who is your who is your overall consensus number one quarterback 
Is it Andrew Luck or is it Aaron Rodgers? I feel like those are the only two that were really. I think after about. well after today after you know hearing the news that Jordy Nelson possibly tore his ACL, you know, which is not one hundred percent confirmed yet, but you know, I guess where there's smoke, there's fire in in that regards, and especially seeing the play um, when it happened, you know, it was kind of eerily, uh, eerily reminiscent of the D Rose injury. Uh, just kind of oh, stop. Just kind of you know, why are we it, bringing it, that it up? Was this an, fantasy football. I don't want to be said. <laughs> it was a non-contact injury, um, and you know, it just it, it didn't look good when it happened. But, you know, that being said, Green Bay is always the t- type of team that is next man up. And we saw that last year, even especially in the playoffs with uh, Devontae Adams, you know, stepping up into the spotlight and, uh, you know, and, and, and seizing that role, you know, that, that was the playmaker for the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. But that being said, I still think Andrew Luck has a bigger upside and the, 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 the number one pick overall as far as fantasy quarterbacks go, only because uh, he's a lot younger Indian, uh, Indy spreads the ball out. They, they're not a prototypical uh, running team like Green Bay is with Eddie Lacy. Uh, they don't really have that type of guy. They play inside. They play inside. Boom, I was waiting for that. They added. Uh, they added a piece. You know, after, even though after the games are inside, even though he's aging, uh, Andre Johnson is still going to be dangerous. Uh, you know, going from a dome team in Houston to a dome team in Indy, he's not really going to skip a beat. Uh, he's just going to have a way better uh, quarterback throwing on the ball. So. T.Y. Hilton, uh, Dante Moncrief, you have a you have a really solid that career. that and I think that with the, with the the benefit. I mean, if you're talking one one two, Andrew Luck and, and Aaron Rodgers, I think Andrew Luck is a safer pick because the running game isn't also as good. Where you know Aaron Rodgers can lean on Eddie Lacy to to pound the ball when they need to. Where Indy isn't isn't traditionally since you know what Marshall Falk and Edrin James, they haven't been a powerhouse running team. I mean, they've tried, but it just doesn't work for them. They're they're a passing team. So I mean, you got to look at is Andrew Andrew Luck's got to have got to throw the ball more because the running game isn't nearly as good. I mean, Frank Gore's in the backfield now, I and mean, that guy's that guy's seen, probably seen his better years. But I mean, we've also been saying that about that guy for <laughs> last five, five years. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing everybody's been saying about Peyton Manning too. Maybe. Yeah, it's got to be his last year, and then he throws for four thousand yards. Yeah, know, seriously, how? Records. Yeah, how do you keep doing this? <laughs> but I mean, right. yeah, if, if you're if you're you're flipping a coin between Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, I, I, I'm going with Andrew Luck. It's a safer pick just because of what he has around him. He's got a better rece- he's probably got a better receiving core at this point, and he plays half his games indoors. And you know, with uh, with doing all the quarterback stuff, we are the old armchair quarterbacks on Sundays when football starts. And to make sure that you follow everything that we get to talk about um, on Facebook and on Twitter for uh, preseason and, of course, for when the NFL kicks off uh, the season, uh, follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Scrap City Sports or check us out online with all the podcasts at ScrapCitySports.com. Now we're going to go to the big wide array of what is the wide receiver world in the NFL, which is so spanned and broad other than maybe your number one, um, a lot, some people would have some, you know, some debate about that. But other than that, I mean, you just you take the board, and there is just a plethora of wide receivers. So, if you have your first five, first three, where do you think those are? I see you have something about. Oh, Drew Brees. I misspoke on his average draft position, sixty-two. So even later, sixth and sixth or seventh round, you know, definitely you can scoop up a guy like Drew Brees. So wide receivers, where where do you go? One, two, three. I mean, um, you know, where do you see uh, a sleeper? Maybe where do you see somebody that you can get a little bit lower that's going to 
give you a lot of value. You know, a guy that really sticks out in my mind as far as, I mean, I, sleeper is kind of a, a stretch for him, but a guy that you can definitely get, you know, for, for a little bit of value is a, a guy like Megatron, Calvin Johnson. I mean, he's this been, the, he's been the last, since he's been in the league, he's been a, basically a first rounder every year. And this year, I mean, you can sometimes scoop him up in the, even a third round, second round for sure though. So, I mean, that's a guy that you can really look at as a first round talent. Probably, you know, if he's healthy, he's a top three receiver and you can get him, you know, probably fifth or sixth receiver off the board. So that's a, that's kind of a value pick right there. A high value pick though. Yeah. Some guys that go ahead of uh, Megatron are guys like Odell Beckham, uh, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, of course, uh, Antonio Brown. Um, so, you know, he has fallen a little bit in his uh, reign as best fantasy wide receiver. But, um, you know, the ADP has rated him at the, the, the 14th overall pick. So, you know, you could definitely, like Carmen said, you could definitely get him in the second round, you know, which is kind of crazy uh, considering where he was, you know, the uh, undoubtedly the best wide receiver in the game. So... Yeah, I just, I mean, just if you're just looking at a board, I mean, most boards, Odell Beckham Jr. goes goes in the first round or early second round. And I think he's a better, he's a safer pick than Odell Beckham just because, you know, Odell, Odell Beckham, you know, he came in the league, there was no tape on him, he was a rookie, and I just don't see him go improving on those eye-popping stats that he had last year. I mean, he set the he set the league on fire, basically, when he came in, missing four games. And so I just don't see him replicating that. I, I, I see him dipping in production, especially with Victor Cruz back. Victor Cruz back. Ruben, and, uh, Ruben, Ruben Randall. Randall. He's on a contract year, too, Ruben Randall. So, you know, he's definitely going to be, you know, chomping at the bit to, to, to dip into Odell Beckham's, you know, um, targets and, uh, and his looks on offense. So a guy that I would like to target um, and I would target and recommend targeting for anybody uh, either in the second or third round is a guy like Randall Cobb, who, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we don't know exactly if Jordy, Nel- uh, Jordy Nelson has uh, a torn ACL, but if he does, that means big things for Green Bay receivers. And I think the guy who's going to benefit the most from that is going to be Randall Cobb because he slides from possibly the one, the, the, not, the, not the number one uh, wide receiver in Green Bay because I think Jordy Nelson held that role. He was, I, I would call him the 1A in Green Bay, but he is definitely now the number one. Um, and he is that, uh, he's a guy that he's got an average draft position of 21. So, you know, you could definitely wait till the, till the third round uh, to get him. Um, so he's, he's a guy who's got good value for, for where he's going in drafts. Somebody that I see that is, is uh, low, on, low on the totem pole, low, low in the draft, but I think has a lot of upside is somebody like Brandon Marshall. Uh, you look at Brandon Marshall, and last year the talk was about Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, this dynamic duo that is going to take over the NFL. And I mean, you couldn't you couldn't get your hands on them in fantasy drafts fast enough. I think Brandon Marshall was a first, if not a early second round pick last year, um, in their second round. Maybe third. Yeah, man, say second or third. I, I think year. I think there were there were some places where he went second. And again, we're in Chicago, so that, yeah, it's that a little, the a little Chicago bit. players if they're good are a little bit skewed. But but I mean, he's he's right around sixty now to be drafted. It's the sixtieth sixtieth place to be drafted. And so you look at that and you say you have a guy that that gets a lot of targets. He's a volume guy. He can go up and, and catch about anything. Um, you know, he is. I don't want to say a poor man's Des Bryant, but. I mean, he is just a slight step probably behind Des Bryant as far as maybe speed-wise. Um, and holy cow. And, does, I mean, you're not going to have who, – who's throwing him in, in, in New York anyways? Who is it now? I'm not sure. I forget who it is because I know that – G- 
the Jets? Yeah. Oh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick is what I last Fitzpatrick saw. is? Fitzpatrick, okay. yeah. There you go. Cause yeah, because who's the other guy? Uh, Flynn, but Flynn's no, injured. They actually yeah, Smith, well, Geno Smith got his jaw broken. And right, he's well, out he's the number right, one. Right, right. We're talking about backups anyways, here. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So either you have you have Flynn or um, Fitzpatrick going to be thrown in the ball, which <clears throat> even though they're not you know uh, amazing quarterbacks, they're good backup quarterbacks. They're decent backup quarterbacks. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a starter for a while. So you have somebody that's going to be able to just – Heave the ball to Brandon Marshall and let him come down with it. And I really think that uh, coming from Chicago and being traded um, on the low end, I mean, for like a six or seven round draft pick, uh, Brandon Marshall is going to be a really good, I think, value pick for, you know, low uh, sixth round, maybe even dips off into the seventh round. Um, that's where I would go uh, if you're looking for value, trying to find somebody that can um, get you more for less. Uh, all of you guys have good picks, but and I'm kind of thinking along the same lines as you are as far as like the Randall Cobb goes. I think he goes a little bit later, and it's actually a really good late round pick because now, with with the unfortunate incident with Jordy Nelson, by the way, good good grab if he's healthy, if he ends up playing, but he's going to get a lot more a lot more looks his way now. I mean, he's he's going to be number one now. Think about it. I mean, there's, I mean, the guy can catch the football regardless. So now you're going to throw it to him a lot more. He's going to get a lot more attempts than he would normally get. And uh, and just a you know just another another wide receiver that guys can kind of you know key in on especially in the 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 the, the mid rounds you know fourth fifth sixth round is a guy like Julian Edelman who is a number one receiver on New England and like I like I mentioned earlier Tom Brady is always going to be there to throw you know twenty to twenty five touchdowns and you know we don't know if he's actually going to play the first four games of the year but. Uh, a guy like Julian Edelman, he's got an average draft position of 41, you know, but he's got he's 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 got top you know top top one or two round talent, um, you know. With last year, his stats, you know, he, he had 92 catches for 972 yards and four four touchdowns. And and if you are in a PPR league, which like we've mentioned, a lot of people are nowadays, um, that is a huge huge uh, bonus with. Um, you know, with, with with his receptions that he hauls in, and you know, a, a lot of the experts are projecting him to replicate the same exact season. Uh, you know, with with actually breaking uh, a thousand yards and getting a couple more receptions. You know, with ninety five or ninety four receptions. So, you know, a guy like that, that if you could get in the fifth, four, uh, fifth or sixth round, you know, is is a great steal in my opinion because he gets a lot of targets, he gets a lot of receptions. Um, you know, and whether he could turn those into to, to touchdowns. You know, that's not always the goal for fantasy football owners because you still need to get points in receptions and receiving yards. So, oh my gosh, in a PPR, he's a definitely a solid pick. Yeah, in a PPR, he is, I mean... He's a monster. He, he, yeah, you know, 9, 10 catches for 60, 70 yards. I mean, that's 17 points there. That's Some people get that on two catches and a touchdown, and that's all they get the entire... Right, and so consistent. he he's he's not a he's not a feast or famine type guy is what I'm trying to say. You know, guys who score only score touchdowns, you know, you're 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 so reliant on them getting those touchdowns that if they don't do anything else, you're kind of up you know up a creek. But a guy like Julian Edelman, who's a model of consistency, you know, uh, the guy that you're definitely looking for in a he's PPR a num- league. He's a number one receiver and he's a slot receiver a lot of times. Right end up in the slot, um, you know, you could you could almost uh, compare him to like a Wes Welker. Um, you know, in the years where Wes Welker was really um, high up there. I mean, he was a number one receiver, but he always played in the slot, and that's where he got his catches was those those short uh, short routes and those short ends and, um, and just got his catches. And 
you know, was able to rack up, like you said, all the points. Um, you know, and, and we know, obviously, our, our number one, I think the number one consensus is Antonio Brown. I know, um, you know, it, it, you can go Des Bryant, too. Um, I think back and forth there a little bit. Uh, but that's where that's where I think you, everybody knows that. That's where I think everybody knows and everybody goes, I know where to go, number one, you know, wide receiver number two. It's when you get down into the fifth, sixth rounds, I think it's where some people get kind of burned out, struggling. You know, who, you know another another guy that stands out to me too, man, and you guys can probably think I'm crazy because he's old, is a guy like Steve Smith, who, I mean, he just doesn't see, he's getting old. It's man. his farewell tour, year. blood and guts everywhere, br- and, brothers, and, bro- blood and guts. He is going to kill people this year. He's still pretty good, though, at his age. You know what I mean? He can still catch the ball. And, he, and he out is in the, Baltimore, there's not like a... He is the number one receiver number in Baltimore. One. And so. Joe Flacco, can, he can throw the ball. I mean, he's a Super Bowl winner. And I, I forgot who snuck him today, but they, I, they got, I wanted him. I'm not going to lie him. And I got him late last year in my fantasy, and he turned out to be pretty good for me. I'm, I'm, I'm upset because when I saw that he said that he was going to retire, that I wanted to get him because, like last year, when he got traded, he was so unterribly angry that I was like, he's going to just demolish people. And he did. And so I was hoping that this year he would, uh, who ended up falling to me, uh, didn't get a chance to. But, um, yeah, Steve Smith is a, is a great, you know, mid-round, sixth, seventh round. His average draft person. position is 101. So, you know, definitely 10th round pick yeah. is a viable option with a number one receiver, you know, tight targets, you know, is, is, definitely, uh, is definitely worth, you know, waiting on. And you know, possibly striking gold. You know, with with with, if he could try to replicate what he did last year with uh, seventy nine catches and uh, one thousand eighty five sixty five yards. I'm sorry, and uh, six touchdowns is definitely you know uh, an excellent tenth round pick um, to get a guy like Steve Smith uh, Senior. Actually, Steve Smith Senior. Just want to clarify uh, that. um, But I believe that's where I got him. I got him last year late in like the tenth round as well. Yeah, so he's definitely a solid pick. Um, in those late rounds, and, and you know that's that's the thing that builds championship, cali- you know, championship winning fantasy football teams is those those late round picks because you know it, it builds the depth on your team. If you have one guy that goes down, you know, one of your you know top three four uh, round stars to go down, you know, you had you you need to have those guys like a Steve Smith to fill in the roles of you know a guy like. If, if people who had a draft already in Jordy Nelson that went down or Calvin Benjamin, you know, you, you're not going to be able to replicate those kind of, kind of guys' production, but you're, you're going to be able to put a Band-Aid on the situation right. until you can figure out something more, more, uh, more long-term. I think if, you're, if, you're at, if you ask me my opinion of a draft and how you win and lose a draft, you can win a draft and or lose a draft if you look at your drafting from rounds 5 to 10. If you've got quality in rounds 5 through 10, you are going to be there. You're going to possibly go, be going for a championship. If you don't, I think you're in trouble. You're going to be you're going to be free agent like create I mean free agents it's a whole other ball game where you know you can win or lose in free agency also even if you draft a perfect team. But r- rounds 5 through 10 to me are an absolute must. You have to have you have to have the, the late round guys that are quality that you know you can go through and you you know you know you you, you may or may may not like you know a, a guy like you know John Brown but John Brown will win you games and you can draft him in the tenth, twelfth round. I mean that that's that's where that's where you John, win and Josh lose. is over here fist pumping and he drafted Deshaun a guy like Deshaun Jackson who I 
like I don't know. I have no reason why I hate him, but I just hate him. And well, you, uh, but you don't hate I've him because of reasons. But you don't him. you don't hate him because he does not get fantasy. Yeah, fantasy but he's points. a he's a guy in fantasy that's either feast or famine. Yes, he gets he those ninety yard touchdowns, or he gets you nothing. So you know that's kind of you know uh, you know you're over here fist pumping and thinking that you have such a great team in the fifth round, but. Turns out you drafted Deshaun Jackson, so <laughs> I would rein those uh, those horses back a little bit there, buddy. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll see where that takes us. And you know, it's just, it's all for fun, and it's 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 all a good no, time. Not. This is not for fun anymore. <laughs> you've made, you made this not for fun anymore. I am. This is my farewell tour. I am Steve Smith Senior, and I'm coming blood and guts everywhere. Well, you already. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to hide behind it. Josh beat me last year in the playoffs. Um, by only a couple points, which kind of it, it irked me. I wish you would have blew me out so I wouldn't have had any chance. But if I would have made maybe one or two roster moves, maybe just one, I would have definitely been able to seize you know the victory and uh, and go on to the fantasy championship. But uh, I didn't, and it is what it is. Congratulations to Josh. He will never win a championship ever again. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, but uh, this is. You know, this is this is what it's all about. You know, talking smack to your buddies. You know, who who's in your fantasy football league uh, or leagues, and um, you know, and having a good time with it. How so. many leagues? How many leagues can you? Okay, so this goes off of this. How many leagues can you be in before you have to stop somebody? And be like, bro, you. I think two. I think two is like the. You, you can't be any more sharp if you have more than two fantasy football leagues. If you have three fantasy football leagues, you are like. You you have you have no you idea. Not have a yeah, job. you have no you you think that you think like you draft Andrew um, Andrew Luck in one league and you draft Le'Veon Bell in another league and by the end of the season you think both players are on the same team. So you know it's just it's 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 not it's a recipe for disaster. And you know definitely if even if you have success in one, you're 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 not going to go much farther than that because it, it just jumbles too much. It, it's too hard to. It's too hard to keep track of all those guys unless you drafted the same exact roster in every league, you know, which is really hard to do. Um, you know, it, it's too hard to jumble up uh, all the players and and your roster. Yeah, I say too. I think that if you got the three, you're pushing it. And I think that being in a league, part of it is you or need unless to be- you had no job. Which, or you're a, you're a million, you know, you're, you're retired. Yeah, you're a fantasy football. That's all you do is play, you know, fantasy football. And Expert you're like me, reeling in millions from your amazing draft picks, like Josh. But uh, I think that no, I, I think just, that just food for thought, guys. Two years ago, and I was was in three, which I think is too many. I went had two championships and one loss in the championship. In three leagues, just so you guys know. So can be done, is all I'm saying. But it's really difficult. If you're listening. So lots of balance, man. As you're listening, make <laughs> well, sure what I'm saying. Is, I was kind of mad because I didn't get the three-peat in one year and have all three championships. <laughs> I only got two. You might have retired from fantasy if you did that, man. No. Just, <laughs> I would have added another league at that point. I think that... Well, I think part no, of, God! I think part no, of it comes God, to... Please, no. Is the dedication that you have to have to a league. I think that if you're in a league with a bunch of guys or a bunch of friends, I think that being dedicated to your league and actually paying attention... Please, if you are listening, I am begging you to never be that guy that leaves open spots on your roster or that leaves people that have a bye week in or as I did one time. We should, we should make a public service announcement about that. That's yeah. Because that's mean, like the ultimate worst. I mean, whether whether you are in it, out of it, yeah, just just respect the, the Put the, a competitive that, roster yeah, out there. Respect the people that you're playing in your fantasy league with and complete your roster. Don't have guys on bye Understand who's in the who's who's on injured reserve. I've made that mistake one time last year and I felt terrible about it. 
So understand who's, who's if hurt. If you have to pick up Garrett Wolf to put in your starting lineup, then you p- pick up Garrett Wolf to put in your starting yeah. lineup. I mean, that's all it, what it boils Garrett down Wolf to. Garrett Wolf even in the league, so no. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if you you know if you got to pick up a third a third string running back or you know somebody you know just to fill out your roster so you're not that guy in your league, then do it. You know, then do it. You got to do what you got to do, not to be that guy. I mean, it's kind of like Carmen always talks about a bro, bro code. You know, it's 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 something that is frowned upon. You don't know. have it look like your wife filled out your fantasy football roster. That's a, that <laughs> Unless, of course, your wife has won a fantasy football Unless championship. You, yeah. Then maybe she should do yes. your then roster. Then maybe she should yeah, do your yeah, roster. Exactly. Put your starting lineup in. But. Anyways, <laughs> so let's moving go, on. Let, let's go on to, on to tight ends. We have the two top tight ends. Um, the, uh, I wouldn't say two. Okay. I would say one We have top the tight top tight end, which is Rob Gronkowski. That is consensus around the board. The best tight end in football. If he stays on the field, there's no doubt that he's going to be number one again. So going down, who do you think are your next targets as you go? And where? Here's the other. Here's the bigger question: Where do you go for a tight end? I mean, where do you start looking at a tight end? What round? I think outside of outside of Rob Gronkowski, you could definitely wait to seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round to get a to get a really good tight end. Uh, personally, for me, a guy who I was targeting and who I wound up getting, uh, Tra- Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs, wound up getting him um, in the seventh round uh, in a ten-man league, and you know he was rated, you know, possibly the the, the second or third best tight end, um, you know, out there. So if you could snag a guy like that, uh, it's definitely you're definitely uh, you're definitely doing good things um, because you know he's going he's hopefully going to. Break that, uh, break that mold that you know he was kind of held back a little bit last year, and uh, hopefully catapult him into fantasy greatness uh, the, this upcoming year. The two guys that stick out to me as you know uh, middle middle round picks as far as you know say seventh and tenth round are uh, are Greg Olson and Martellus Bennett. Yeah, it, I think Greg Olson with the, with the with the loss of Calvin Benjamin, I think is just going to give him more targets. He's a very productive tight end. And he catches a lot of balls. Greg Olson average draft position sixty. Yeah, I mean the the, the drop off to me, you know the val- the value in a quarterback. I I actually put put would put Greg Olson as the number two quarter number two tight end in in football fantasy wise. I, I think it's Gronkowski, and I, I go with Greg Olson over Jimmy Graham. Even though a lot of people like Jimmy Graham, I think Greg Olson's going to be that good this year. And I think he's got a, he's got a good you know he's got a good you know rhythm going with Cam Newton. I just I, I like I like things out of him. Another and guy, especially with Kelvin Benjamin going down, you know those targets have to go somewhere. Uh, and I definitely think Greg Olson's going to be benefiting a lot from you know the the um, the uptick in in targets. Another another sly guy that you can get very very late, like being the last couple of rounds of the draft, say rounds fifteen to twenty, is a guy like Tyler Eifert. We mentioned earlier, he's a young guy, Cincinnati. I mean, he 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 can he can play, and he's a, he's a solid he's a solid guy that you can pick up if you if you want to really. I, Eifert's average draft position is one twenty six, so you could definitely wait on him until twelfth, thirteenth round. But to he snap is a him freak up. of nature. Yeah, he is an athlete. He's, he's got he a, as athletic as athletic. he's got a ton of upside. So I mean, you can you can you can theoretically wait on him, and, and he could be a he could be a guy that could really help your lineup uh, later in the season. Plus, again, if you're looking at you know the points he's going to get, you have AJ Green, which a lot of times you have under and over coverage, and so it's not necessarily a double team, but you have essentially a double team on AJ Green, and that leaves the middle of the field pretty open for a very athletic. Uh, tall guy and and a lot of the reports coming out of training camp was that Eifert was uncoverable 
in that training camp. So and you know, Cincinnati's defense is not something that's just a, a pushover. Yeah, so he's um, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on in the late rounds, and you know, could be a huge um, low risk, high reward type player uh, at tight end. Yeah, um, we have a uh, we're going to keep on going because we're running a little short on time here, but we want to get to defenses, um, kickers. Unless you're going to get Steven Gaskowski, which for some ungodly reason went in the eighth round in our <laughs> our draft. Not sure why. Hey, you know Please what? don't he, judge any of us. If he, on this. if he if he scores twenty points a week, that's better than a lot of a lot of running backs and that's tight ends. So no disagreeing well, there. Here, but. Here's the thing though that I I, I Please raised. Don't take a running back before the third. I raised the question round. as it happened. Yeah, and I said you took your kicker, kicker before kicker. your kicker. starting quarterback. That is true. He did do that. <laughs> um, you have your kicker before your quarterback. He was he, he was apparently important. So unless you're going to get Gaskowski from uh, from the Patriots, you don't need to worry about a, a uh, couple things. Though when you when you are drafting a kicker that that you can look at for for kicking is you know dome kickers. The weather is perfect in a dome. It's always seventy degrees. It's always a balmy seventy, and there's no wind. So you got you got to take that into consideration because they kick at least half their games in a dome. Yep. I mean that's a very high for me. You look for a guy with a strong leg and kicks in a dome, and that's it's a very very high. You know, you, you, you tend to you tend to average a high average in kicks for a kicker. That's so that's great. Advice. That's a that's a good that's a good point when you're looking at kickers. Another other way to look at kickers is good offenses. You want to take a kicker that's on you know an an offense like uh, you know New England, you know <laughs> hence New England, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, hence the reason why he went in the eighth round. Right. Yeah, you know the, the teams that score a lot of points, it, it, the kickers are usually a pretty pretty solid, very consistent guys that get you 10, 10 to twelve points a, a weekend. So I always look for just somebody. just to fill it in. Uh, Gostowski's average draft position is one forty nine. So. Unless you're taking him in the fifteenth round, you could definitely wait on him. Yeah, yeah. All, I, I was, all the mock drafts that I've ever seen, he went. Gaskowski went in the second to last round. The highest I think I ever saw him was third to last round. So. Yeah, he was on it when he picked him too, man. He ran over there. He got yeah, him. Right he like, was someone was stealing from him. <laughs> I looked at. I always look at it as like I want a mediocre offense um, because I feel like I know Gaskowski's doing does really well. Maybe this is my own downfall, my kicker idea. But I'm like, man, Tom Brady puts it in the end zone a lot. Peyton Manning puts it in the end zone a lot. That's one point. That's one point. That's one point. I want that offense that can get there but just can't punch it in like the Bears. So you have to kick a lot of field goals. You have to get a lot of three, maybe some 40-yard field goals, some four points there. For, or is it 40? 40 yards, four points. 45 yards, four points in, in most standards. Yeah, something like that. Um, and so that's really where I always look for kickers. So, you know, you can take kind of both and whether you want to go for a high-octane offense um, indoors, or you want to look for a mediocre offense you think is going to be able to uh, get a couple more field goals. Um, but we're going to move on to defenses here as we're getting ready to close out. Um, and with defenses, there's a couple of – are we not closing out? I'm rolling. I'm, 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 oh. I'm in a groove right now. You're trying <laughs> I, to kill this early. No, I apologize. I thought we were – Well, I mean uh, – I thought we were running out of time. Sorry. Uh, definitely Whoa. a couple things we should – touch on and give our listeners a little bit of our knowledge is um, draft strategies uh, as well. Um, but, you know, we'll, I don't know what exactly you were leading into, Josh, but go for it. I was just talking about defenses. Oh. We were well, yeah, we can talk, we'll, we'll talk about defenses. And, you know, I take defenses kind of as the same principle as kickers, even though kickers have a tendency of scoring more points than defense. But, you know, if you have a good, de- a really good defense like uh, Seattle from a couple years ago or uh, Houston Texans with – you know JJ Watt, who who scored touch, you know for whatever weird reason scores a lot of touchdowns, <laughs> um, and not just on offense either. He scores touchdowns on defense too. So um, those definitely are help, very helpful. But 
Um, I, you know, I don't have any issues waiting on a defense as well because, you know, unless you're getting, you know, and defenses are hard to judge too by in, fan, in terms of fantasy point, points because they could give up three points a game, you know, which is really good in terms of real NFL football goes, but yeah. they only score like seven points, which, you know, is not a lot considering, you know, a guy with three catchers for 40 yards gets you seven points. And uh, that's, you know... Marquise Wilson for the most part. So, um, looking at this year, I think Seattle, Houston, Buffalo, those are your your top defenses that you have. Miami's going to be some uh, maybe a sleeper defense you can get a little bit later, but with the addition of Adamic and Sue. Well, it also depends on Cameron if, if the fantasy football league that you are in has um, defensive touch, like if if punt return and kick returns go as part of your special teams and defense, or if they go for individual players. And I know some leagues have that. Um, most leagues, uh, you know, special teams, you know, punt returns, kickoff return, touchdowns are considered defensive touchdowns. So, you know, that, that also takes into place, um, you know, when you are drafting a defense. Yeah. But this year, those, those are the really big, those are the big three, Seattle, Houston, Buffalo. Um, you know, Rex Ryan and Buffalo now defensive-minded, going to uh, shore up that defense. They had a really good defense last year. Um, and so shoring that up and making that uh, even even tougher. Houston, like you mentioned, J.J. Watt is just uh, a monster, um, and they've built around that. Uh, Brian Cushing, uh, just being able to get after the quarterback on the is, other is, side. Is Cushing actually going to be able to stay on the field? Or I have no idea. But but I mean, when he is, <laughs> he's a difference maker. And then Seattle, um, I mean, the Legion could, of Boom. That's the thing. You could you could not watch football or not watch sports, and you know that Seattle has a phenomenal defense. Um, just with their corners and the size that they have all over. Uh, but like I said, Miami's going to be a really big sleeper, I think. I think a lot of people are going to uh, not realize the impact that Ndamukong Sue is going to have. Cameron Wake um, is a phenomenal pass rusher, and he's going to be able to uh, do do really well down there. And and all of those, um, they score. You have, uh, you know, uh, special, or not special teams. You have uh, it's individual players in the backfield, cornerbacks, safeties, even linebackers that uh, are fast and athletic and can really, uh, if they make an interception, can can they, they try to take it to the house. You know what's kind of crazy, and, and I know this has a partly to do with you know rule changes in the NFL and how they handle kickoffs and stuff like that, but we ha- we haven't seen an electric kick return or punt returner since Devin Hester, and you know Stop that's Bears. it's a, it's a little disappointing because you know when Devin Hester was really good, that kickoffs and punt returns were really really exciting to watch. I agree. And, uh, you know, just a shame to see that that the art of returning a punt or a kick has kind of gone away from NFL teams and uh, the NFL in general since, you know, they have the rule changes where they move uh, the kickoffs up, you know, and stuff like that to help, you know, with touchbacks and less concussions and stuff like that. But when it does happen, it's really exciting. And uh, it's just kind of a shame to see. That may be one of the most exciting plays in football. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys remember when the Bears went to the Super Bowl and what was it? Was it the opening kickoff? Opening, yeah, Devin opening, Hester opening kickoff. Yeah, Devin Hester took it to the house. I mean, how much more exciting can you get than that? So you can um, get more exciting than that by by having the Colts win. This oh my God! Shut up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wor- that was that was probably that you, was the worst played Super Bowl. Your cha- your fantasy football championship is probably sh- modeled equivalent. after exactly the Indianapolis Colts last. <laughs> You know what's funny, and I, I but you guys still won championships, so I'll give you that. You know what's funny <laughs> with that is, um, right beforehand, uh, the the uh, NCAA championship, Ohio State, Ted Ginn Jr. took 
uh, the opening kickoff to the house against Florida. Um, in in that I game, I won a lot of money on that game. In that game, and <laughs> just say, guys, no, I won a lot of that money. That sounded really shady when you just yeah, said that. Yeah, no, I did. I came out smiling from here to here from that one. I won but, a lot of money on that. But I, I, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but Ted Ginn Jr. did that, and Florida ended up winning uh, that national championship. And so that when the Bears took that kickoff, I, being a Colts fan, was very upset. But then I reminded myself, I said, it's not over because it's what happened. And and they had Rex Grossman. And as they had Rex Grossman as their quarterback. So, <laughs> so it kind of sealed the sexy deal. Sexy Rexy kind of messed that up for everybody. But um, also to touch on what you were saying about Houston, Josh, um, they do get Jadavian Clowney back, so that's going to be a huge lift. And just like Indomitian Sue going to Miami, Jadavian Clowney probably one of the best pass rushers we've seen come out of college in the last, you know, maybe 10 years, even, you know, to say with all the hype and everything like that. So um, if we were right in calling Tyler Eifert a freak, which – Jadavian Clowney is 10 times that. I, I mean, people have said that they haven't seen a guy like that come out of the draft. In But you you also question a guy like that's, you know, motivation and his focus on football, you sure. know, when he's uh, Instagram liking or posting on Facebook. I forgot what it's exactly he was doing, um, you know, during when he was on the sideline with his, uh, I think was a reported knee injury or something yeah. last season. But um, just that's just to add to it, you know. Jadavian Clowney is going to be suiting up for the Houston Texans this season, so it, it's probably going to creep them up in the uh, defensive um, and special teams category. Well, that's that's against NFL rules to be on the sidelines on your tele, on your phone. Just so you guys know, so he 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 was breaking Maybe it rules. Was practice. What's that? Practice. No, I think it was a game. I think what he was accused of was a game, and it's, I know it's against NFL rules to be on cell, use cell phones on the sidelines. But, um, you know, so moving on a little bit from, you know, uh, d- defenses and where you guys would take. Well, uh, hold on. I want to I just give a quick shout-out to a defense that I think people should think about is a, d- a defense like St. Louis. I think St. Louis St. Louis's front, front four is the nastiest front four in all of football, and I think that the front four, uh, it has a lot to do with fantasy-wise defense, defense because it makes the, the, the quarterback rush to throw, makes, makes you know, makes – Things happen for you know the, the the corners and the safeties to get a hold of balls See, and take them back. Josh, Josh is over here making you know uh, funny hand gestures over here, but uh, you know what he doesn't realize is that he shouldn't toot his own horn. And you know Josh is repping up uh, the Houston Texans. That's only because he drafted them. That's true. You know, and uh, a, cla- a classy guy like myself drafted St. Louis doesn't say a word about it. <laughs> I don't have to toot my own horn, but I have won a championship as well, so. Guess I can't talk much. Yeah, I just like, like a I said, self loathing going on. Saint, right there. St. Louis <laughs> traditionally scores a lot of touchdowns on defense. Even when they were terrible, they always score touchdowns. And having Jeff Fisher been there now, I think this is his second year going in. Jeff Fisher's defense is always really nasty, and I just you know that front four is scary. I just think they're going to force a lot of interceptions, and I'm going to take a lot of them to the house. So, and if you're looking at I like St. Louis scoring, like scoring defense. If you look at special teams, you have a guy like Tavon Austin there who can can take some stuff. Uh, to the house, he's wasn't St. Louis, Louis one of the teams last year that had one of those crazy special teams plays, like the trick plays. I think they did where they like fake from one side of the field all the way to yeah. the other and took it to the house. They did that a couple times last year, and you know to mention uh, not to mention Carmen. Um, that was against the Tennessee Titans. And was lost. it? I'm just kidding. Uh, just I, I don't know. I was just saying that you know it, that as well is cool. You know, cool to see. Does Greg Harden make Dallas's defense better? 
Um, I mean, a lot of people say the reason they lost to Green Bay was because they couldn't get to Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think a part of the the, the, the reason why Dallas' defense was not good last year, but they were okay. They, they weren't were as, they weren't they, as they bad were, as... They were better, way better than expected. They weren't as bad as everybody thought, like Carmen said. Uh, a part of that has to do with how well their offense was and how, mu- how much their offense kept their defense off the field. Uh, Greg Hardy does help them. I don't know if it catapults them into you know one of the top you know top defenses no, no, no about in it. fantasy football, um, but you know it definitely will help them um, you know with pass rushing and you know getting to the quarterback. Uh, I also want to credit Rod Marinelli on that part too, because I, I think he's a hell of a defensive coordinator, man. I mean, I don't think the Bears' defense has ever been the same since he's been gone. No, definitely. I mean, obviously, hasn't. He's, I mean, he's good at They've what been, he does. What, the worst, the worst, uh, the worst defense the last two years in the NFL. So. Yeah, we don't know if that's Rod Marinelli. That we don't know if that's players, you know, pl- uh, player personnel. Uh, what exactly, Mark Tressman? Who knows? But um, yeah, I don't. I think fantasy wise, I think I'd stay away from Dallas's defense for the only for the fact of last year they had a they had a pretty good year on defense and everything went right for them. I mean, they got a lot of breaks that went the balls bounced the right way for them. I just don't see that happening again. I just I, I just think that they're gonna have a tough time on defense, even with Greg Hardy and. Um, even even with Greg Hardy there to to help boost, it, I just think that too many things went right for them last year defensively. That uh, they take a step backwards this year and aren't, and, and just aren't aren't, uh, aren't worthy of a consideration in fantasy football. Just to uh, give our listeners a little uh, fact to it and and give them an idea of where they should be looking at drafting um, a defense. Uh, the number one defense ranked on my list is the Seattle Seahawks, and they were they have an average draft position at one hundred six, so mid tenth round. So if you're looking, you know, tenth uh, round and later for a defense, you are in good shape, um, and you know, hopefully, should have some success in drafting, you know, one of the better ones. Wow, tenth round, oof, okay. What, what are we? What are, where are we taking? I got him in the eighth. Yeah, eighth. I mean, defenses. Yeah, first defense on our board went off in the eighth round, and then it I mean, it wasn't a stretch. A couple it, of rounds. Yeah, no. I, I'm just that's just that's too high for me. Is all. I'm not. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. You know, take Seattle's in the eighth if that's what you're looking for. It's just I'm personally. I'm not. I'm one of those guys though that that likes to 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 pick, pick up defenses. Pick up. Pick up based on matchups. Pick up defenses. So yeah. I mean, whoever I start Anybody with usually is who I end with. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, just just you look at. I like I like to look at matchups when you when you're talking fantasy foot, football and defense. I like to look at weather. I like to look, to look at indoors, outdoors. You know, quarterbacks that they're playing. You know, you know, just all kinds of receivers, running backs. I throw all that into account when I pick a defense, and you know, it's it's it's, it's just like running. You know, it's like rushing roulette, basically having to cut and pick up defense every week. But all right, so this has been kind of a topic that I have been. Kind of racking my brain from this whole fantasy football offseason um, is draft strategies. You know, I, I personally was always the guy to take the best available player um, at that position, you know, at whatever position you're looking for. If you have a early round, you know, early first round pick or, you know, late first round pick, you kind of got to skew your your projections of who's going to be there, you know, one of the best running backs in the league, or are you looking at one of the best wide receivers and or best quarterback in the league in a later round pick? Um, but like I said, I've always I've always been the guy to go after, you know, the best player available, whether it suited my needs or not. Um, however, this year I kind of changed my, my tune a little bit as far as my draft strategy. Um, reading, you know, reading about all of these players and how, 
exactly um, you know each position breaks down as far as quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, special teams, kickers. Um, I felt that the strongest position uh, of the fantasy football world was wide receiver, followed shortly behind by quarterback. So I felt like um, running back was probably the, the 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 few and far between that you needed to capitalize on them. So. Part of that is also in a, in a standard league, PPR or not, you normally go two running backs and a flex. So you have the option to have three, three running, running backs. backs playing on your team every single week. Right. And, you know, like, like I had mentioned, you know, not, there's not a lot of teams, um, you know, with single running backs on them, you know, just that where, they, where they're the only ones getting the ball. Um, so my draft strategy went that I, I felt like I could I should load up on running backs early, and then I could wait on you know wide receivers and possibly strike while the iron was hot with a wide receiver. You know, say if you load up the first couple rounds, first two rounds on, on, on good running backs, and then maybe get a you know not even a middle tier, but maybe a second tier wide receiver um, like a guy like Randall Cobb, uh, you know, who I was mentioning or. Um, or AJ Green, somebody who was driving Calvin Johnson, like we had mentioned, who was dropping down. But if um, if 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 I'm going to give any point to, or any advice to any of our listeners, that I would have to say that drafting running backs early would probably be your best bet instead of waiting on running backs, only because, like I had mentioned, it's probably the the fewest amount of good running backs in you know in fantasy football and in the NFL. You know, um, you need to capitalize on that while while the iron's hot for so the most th- part. So, so here's my question with that because that guy, that, there's having a guy I think right now. So you're talking, we're, we're talking, you know, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Those are your real bell cows. Those are your real home run hitters. That are these are guys who are going to get the ball every single down. They're three down backs. Um, that's kind of going away, though. I mean, Adrian Peterson is probably going to be one of the last. Matt Forte got a big deal. Adrian Peterson got a big deal. Uh, Marshawn Lynch had a big Matt, deal. Matt Forte is waiting on his big waiting deal. Waiting on his big deal. But here's my thing: is that's that's what everybody's saying. Is for a while. the running back position is changing to become this two-headed monster, this three-headed monster, this idea of let's share the share the load so we don't, uh, you know, we have this carousel of people that we can just plug in, plug out. They don't have to be, you know, Emmett Smith uh, or, you know, or Terrell Davis, like franchise, everything is built around them. Is this going to change in the future of fantasy football? Is it going to become, instead of we have to go running back right away, now all of a sudden we go, well, we can wait on running back because they're all the same. I mean, there's, there's two, three to pick from each team, and we don't know who's going to be getting the load. Because that's what, it, in my opinion, that's what this, it seems is, like this is what's for. killed everybody, you know, from going after New England running backs for the most part over the last, you know, probably five, uh, four or five years is that nobody really knows who the starting running back is and who's going to get the ball, you know, at, you know, at, you know, a majority of the time during any given week. So the ball boy with the uh, air pump is going to get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but you know, the point is, a, you know, the point is that you know, it's it's. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it, the 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 sport of football is is uh, evolving into this more pass happy. I mean they they've changed rules to score more points, and the quickest way to score more points is obviously through the air. 
you know. Well, and I mean, when you're watching a running back, I mean, like Marshawn Lynch is your prototypical 1980s, 1990s running back where he's just going to run gonna everybody smash, over. Yeah, smash you they, I mean, they can say they like that, but the NFL really doesn't like that because what does that do? That causes concussions. It causes head trauma. It causes injuries. And it allows them not to be able to put out the best product they can. Um, so that's that. That's what I'm. I, I don't know. I mean, do you guys? Do you guys? Have, do you guys have? You know, you know, having just gone through a draft, do you guys have any kind of draft strategy that you were looking for to accomplish? You know, your goals as in building a fantasy football team. My t- my take on it is I he- rely heavily in when I draft I re- rely heavily on ADP. What ADP is, if anyone isn't aware of, is average draft position. They take there's a lot of sites that go out there and they'll they'll, they'll post. They take all the data from the mock drafts of ESPN, Yahoo, you know, Sportsline, CBS, all those, and they they do an average. So like if you if you're taking uh, you know Antonio Brown for example, and they give you an ADP of six. That's his average draft position. Whether you know in the ten thousand dra- mock drafts that ha- happen, he is averagely taken at around six. So I like to look at when I'm drafting. I like to look at best available. I like to I like to judge it off Dra- of, draft pick number six, not round six. Yeah, draft pick number six. Yes, it's it's all numbers. So like you're seeing, your ADP would be 170. You know that that would be you know the 170th player. The the, the overall basically taken. in the seventh round, seventeenth seventeenth round. Yeah, yeah. But if, if you're standing here, it's ten team league. Yeah. So I, I like to look at it like that, and I like to I like to to he- rely heavily on value. I like to take guys that you know some people will pass on, even if I need them or not. You know, if I don't need a necessarily receiver, but you know, I see I could see a receiver that I can get some serious value in. And in fact, that we're at, you know pick seventy five, and he's a he's an ADP of fifty. That's a value. That's like a two round value for me. So I like to try and scoop up as many of those guys, as many value picks as I possibly can, that help f- fill out my roster. And it's d- it's done pretty well for me. I usually rely heavily on running backs, especially in later rounds. And you know, for example, last year when I won a championship, I started four running backs, two in the flex and two starters. So, I mean, I it, those were all guys that I had. You know, I, I peppered, the, peppered my early rounds with, you know, rounds one, two, and three running backs. And, you know, five five through ten, I grabbed more running backs. And it worked out pretty well for me getting a lot of value and the ADP drafting off of that. I always go with best player available. Um, you get there. You know what you, you need. And so you, you know, first round is like we said, we, you need to go running back. Yeah, but see, see, but the only thing though with the with, with that strategy, Josh, is is the fact of uh, at what at what where is the best player available? Is that your opinion? or Is that the next guy's opinion? It's 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 an opinion of who's the best. It's saying well, let's saying like you know someone saying you know a, a best is Des Bryant or Antonio Brown. It's an opinion versus if you're ta- if, if if you're drafting off an ADP, you're taking the opinion of millions of people. And how they and how how they actually fall. So that's why I like ADP versus you know you know you know like top list just because you're you're basing it off of one guy's opinion. Well, this is where this is where we're going to differ because you you I don't care what those millions of people think. Like I I so for instance I took Dante Moncrief uh, from the Colts because I've seen him because I'm a Colts fan. Not not just because I'm a Colts fan, but because I'm a Colts fan, I've seen him more than I've seen other people, and so. I've been able to, yeah, but that's an, that. that's an individual player though. We're talking drafting a whole team though. You can't you can't say you scouted a whole team. I mean, yeah, you may have a, you may have Draft a line on, right. you may have a line on one guy, which yeah, that could be you know your your you know Monte Creef may you know you may see him and be like he's going to really break out where the you know his. Average average draft position could be way way higher than what what you think he's worth. So therefore, you can like you know what? Hey, I think I could sneak this guy 
you know, if his average dra- draft is ADP is 120, which is, you know, say 12th round, you think, well, I can probably get him and I can, if I can grab him at, say, the 10th round, it's a steal for me because, you know, you have a line on it. But, they, but you don't look at that as a whole lineup. You look at that as an individual case, you know, with, with a specific guy. I guess he's shaking his head agreed. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, 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 like Carmen said, you want to get guys of value. You don't want to have to stretch too far, you know. Like we had mentioned about Drew Brees, you don't want to stretch in the second round to get Drew Brees when you could wait for him in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. You know, you want guys of good value. That's what's going to win you playoff games. Um, and you know, a, a lot of a lot of fantasy football formats are are designed where you know you have to really stink to not make the playoffs because a lot of leagues are everybody gets in. And, and you know, if you have guys that are going to get you good value, they're definitely going to win you playoff games. And uh, that's what everybody's looking for. So, um, you know, that's uh, to to Carmen's point. That's what I that's what I tend to look to um, as well. You know, it's it's always hard to find. You know, that information it's not it's not uh it's not readily available. So you have to kind of dig for it a little bit. But um, I would say if you find it, keep it, and then I wouldn't bounce from you know from source to source to source because. You know, like everything, even this whole podcast, everything's an opinion. So, you know, you could go from Matthew Barry's opinion to Adam Schefter's opinion on, you know, on a player. And um, if he doesn't have that good value where you're going to draft him at, then there's no real point in doing it. So, um, yeah, I would def- that's, that's, that would be my, uh, my advice as well. Uh, when drafting a fantasy football team, yeah, I'm just, I'm just like I said, I'm really, really stringent on getting value in every single pick that I make. I, I really it drives me absolutely crazy when I even pay market value in, in, in saying that I'm drafting a guy when I'm supposed to. I like to try and get a deal on every single guy. I look at it, I look at it in a couple of categories. I look at his value being you, you're able to get a guy one later, one round later than he was supposed to be drafted. That's a value. Then you've got, you've got the guys that are, you know. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but of greater value where it's two plus rounds of drafting. And then you got guys that you can, you can, re, you can slight reach and then reach for. A slight reach would be a guy that you're, you're, you're taking a round too early. And then you got another, you got the, the, the reach where you're taking a guy that's, you know, two to three rounds earlier than you should. Like, so a lot of, a lot of guys like to reach on rookies. You know, if you have a, a hot shot rookie where his ADP is 60 and he's going to try and take him at 40, it just to me that doesn't make sense. I don't like I don't like doing that. There's a lot of guys that I like that I want to have on my team, but if it if it doesn't make sense for me as far as draft strategy and and getting value in my pick, I won't take him and I'll let somebody else take him early because it's like you know you can you know he may be a great player, but you know in the fifth round he's not as good of a player as if I were to get him in the eighth round. You know that's just kind of how I live uh, fantasy football drafts and. It, like I said, I mean, it's everyone has their own way of doing things, but like I said, I, to me, I have, rely heavily on value in drafting. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's definitely a thing to look out for, guys. Is average draft position? Um, you know, you want to try to find um, a single site that you can find out that information. Um, you know, a site that uh, a site that I was using um, is Fantasy Pros. Um, you know, which is a good uh, a, a good base of information to use um you know they could definitely give you um advice and tips on uh on draft picks that you are currently taking um but you know it's something that uh something that you guys could definitely look at but there's you know every every you know cbs espn all those places um will will give you that but you know it's just like i said it's all it's all a matter of opinion uh, of who's writing the article and or the list so you know you have to take that into consideration but 
you know, from, from past experiences, you definitely don't, you know, don't go between two different uh, lists because it always winds up screwing you up because one guy will, will value a guy more than, you know, the next guy. And then, you know, you're looking back and forth and it kind of screws up your draft, uh, your, your drafting, uh, order. So, um, yeah. yeah. On a side note, I could totally see you two hosting like a, like a fantasy football class that tries to teach people how to drink. You know what the crazy stuff? thing is? I kind of love it, personally. <laughs> yeah, you really got in-depth of what you were saying, man. I, 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 maybe I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding. But uh, I've, I, I've, I've, never got, I've never been to the pinnacle. I've gotten to the dance and just never, never attained the actual goal. So I don't know if that means I'm good or bad or what, but someday I'll get there. What's uh, quick, quickly though, before we before we start wrapping this up? What's what's a couple of guys that you guys are looking at as sleepers that uh, you know it just just roll out of, roll out a couple of names that you guys have that you think are good guys that you can target uh, for sleepers that you can get late late in rounds. A couple guys off my list. Uh, I'm gonna go for a guy like Owen Daniels who has a really really high average draft position. He is replacing Julius Thomas in Denver, and you know he's kind of that guy that nobody really thinks about because he's been around for so long, but. He is Denver Denver Broncos starting tight end, and you know if he could get even a percentage of what Julius Thomas has done the past two years, then that is a huge plus because I think his average draft position is like somewhere in the high 150s to maybe even close to 200. So uh, he's definitely a guy with good value. Uh, and another guy that's overlooked um, is Anquan Bolden, who you know he has. Uh, you know he's not bit, he's not that guy who's going to get you you know thirty plus points every week, but he is definitely going to get you consistently you know um, ten to twenty points every week depending on if he winds up getting in the end zone, um, and he has a really good value if you wait for him into the later rounds twelve thirteen you know you could snag him he's a number one receiver in San Francisco which San Francisco is not looking to go very far but they got to throw the ball to somebody so. Uh, it's either Anquan Bolden or Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith is taking a lot higher than Anquan Bolden, and Anquan Bolden is still the number one receiver. So that's my uh, two value picks. Uh, I'm going to go with you on Owen Daniels. I agree. I think he is definitely a sleeper pick. And his best years were actually under Gary Kubiak, and now that they're reunited, I, I could totally see him having a really he's, good he's season. He's played again. his whole entire career with Gary Kubiak. So and now he's, and, and and now he's I just still think with he's, him. So Right, exactly. So he's, he's going to be really good. And then he's got Peyton throwing the ball to him. So, I mean, unless Peyton fades away where he keeps saying he is and he hasn't I think he'll be alright and I'm going to go back to Steve Smith I mean we all agree Steve Smith I mean he just catches the football and you can get him definitely late rounds and could win you some games I think that uh, Derek Carr in Oakland is going to be a quarterback that you can wait until if you want to wait till the last round to get him um, depending on how, how many people you have in your league um, you have uh, somebody like Michael Crabtree coming in you have Amari Cooper, uh, number four pick, uh, wide receiver uh, coming in. I, I think, and Derek Carr did really well on the, on last year. I mean, he was not looked last year as a rookie to be doing anything really big, and he kind of slowly stepped up his game a little bit, and a little bit, and a little bit. The other one that um, I looked at, and I'm going to give it away, and I'm mad because uh, if you guys go take him off the boards, I'll be I'll be mad at myself. What I'm doing is is Marcus Wheaton um, out of out of Pittsburgh. Uh, you have somebody uh, with, in the number one pick, like Antonio Brown. Um, somebody that I drafted is Martavius Bryant, um, who are really, really good. And, and Wheaton had some flashes of brilliance last year. And so I think that he's somebody that you can get in really low rounds that's going to have uh, a, a really 
opportunities this year and being the third wide receiver um, on a team where Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw the ball. Um, you know, they're going to run the ball, they're going to pound the ball, but don't mistake, Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw the ball. And I think that uh, it's going to get spread around enough, and especially if Antonio Brown gets, um, you know, put over oh, his, his stuff. So he's supposed to go, what, 146? Yep. So there you go. So you could wait until. 14th round. Yep, 14th, 13th round to, to get him. You know, if you're Carmen, you want to wait until maybe even the 15th round to see if yep. you can get some draft value, value for him. Uh, but I think that'll be somebody that in Pittsburgh is going to be able to do that, especially if Antonio Brown is going to get double covered because everybody knows how good he is. Uh, for, me, for me, undervalued receivers, uh, Allen Robinson out of Jacksonville. He's uh, like an eighth to ninth round guy. I think you guys can get him. Uh, Brandon Marshall, you know, you know, he's he is who he is. Uh, you look at him in probably about the sixth round, and Anquan Bolden, like Christopher said, also go with uh, running backs. Uh, Tevin Coleman out of Atlanta, he's dropping and he's dropping uh, to, to later later rounds, and he's he can he can wind up being the starter in Atlanta. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, Carolina. Now they doesn't have D'Angelo Williams. He's going to get the bulk of the carries, and maybe he produces like he's got the talent to do. Uh, and then Trey Mason also in St. Louis, another another good pick. And then quarterbacks wise, I like uh, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton, and Ryan Tannehill. Those are all guys that you can you can look for late and uh, hopefully win a win a win a fantasy football championship. You can breathe now. No, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Is that a little fast? Uh, Sorry, a little bit. So uh, you know we we we're we're excited that fantasy football is here. We're excited football is just back in general. Uh, we all love football here, and we're excited fantasy football is back. Um, so make sure that you uh, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, ScrapCitySports.com or ScrapCitySports.com or at ScrapCitySports with Facebook, Twitter. Um, if you want some stickers, we got a whole bunch of stickers that uh, we'll get sent out to you. Yeah, make sure you post, please. Post them to our Facebook page and post them to our Twitter account of where you actually, what they wound up being. We love seeing where they wind up. We had one at the Cubs Cards game the other, uh, a, couple, like a couple weeks ago. We had some other stuff. We... If you want some, message us, DM us on Twitter, uh, send us a, a shout on Facebook. We'll get you some of those. Um, and make sure that you uh, listen for our upcoming podcast that we'll have coming out in the next uh, couple weeks. So for Roy, Carmen, Christopher, uh, I'm Josh. Uh, make sure that you have a fantastic fantasy football season. Good luck. Hopefully you can be a champion like the Wad Squad, Wad Squad was this past year, and uh, we'll try and repeat. Uh, but for all of us, thanks for listening. We'll uh, talk to you. Have a great rest of the time. He shot over 300%. Hey, what's going on? The ice doesn't belong in here. It belongs out there. See, what, 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 what you three jabronis are leaving out here? If you smell what the rock is cooking. I see all your hamburgers right now. What? Lock your doors, lock your windows. I'll be coming to your house with your hamburgers. Give me the frozen ones. I'll find them and I'll eat them. Because I am the hamburger. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Hey, you're very good. See you next time. That's all, Au revoir. I'll feel the same. Ciao. Ding dong day. Get the hell out of here.